0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome one. Welcome all. It's the greatest show of them all it is the NFC East mixtape volume 104 you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast across SB Nation NFC East platforms that is Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles coverage Blog on the Boys for Dallas Cowboys big blue view for those New York Football Giants and Hogs Haven for the Washington Commanders you can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel where you will see the bright shining beautiful faces of myself I'm Cho from btb and himself he is him Brandon Lee gotten from BGN BLG how it goes
2: RJ, we have a review to kick off the podcast with this week. I know you're a big fan. of. We have a lot to kick off the podcast. There's a lot to yeah, talk about we, you know, we have a review. in this episode. But most importantly, well, RJ, we'll the listeners. Who could be more important than the listeners of, of this podcast? The mixologist. Waka, waka, waka. Uh, title on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, which, by the way, you know, feel free to rate review all four feeds here associated with the podcast, Bleeding Green Nation, Blogging the Boys, Big Blue View, Hogs Haven leave a uh, even if you've already left for review, the words i just said 30 seconds on feed, ago.
1: Right, right
2: and even if you are hearing it a second time you can still do it that's that's why i said it again because if you did it once you can do it again anyway sorry the mm-hmm. title is nfc east mixtape the review comes from this app equals junk <laughs> and it five stars <laughs> big fan of the mixtape rj your pulled pork recipe by the pork butt Cover in yellow mustard and season generously. Smoke at 225 degrees until 160 internal temperature. Get yourself some apple cider and spray every hour. Wrap in a foil pan with a stick of butter, brown sugar, and honey, and then smoke until 205.
1: Let rest for an hour before shredding. No sauce needed. Wow. um, That is... That sounds pretty good. I'm not a big fan of mustard in general. I understand in this case, uh, mustard is being suggested as like a like a rub or like a seasoning. A um, I like a I, I like a spicy mustard every now and then. Like if it's a sushi situation, I'm okay with the honey mustard. Um, like if I'm eating some chicken tenders, but standard regular yellow mustard i'm not a fan of um so this uh, i'm just mentally pushed back a little bit but i'm certainly willing to try i, mean, I will head like, over to Leading green nation like podcast directly. To, uh, I to, screenshot the recipe i had to jump in
2: it's not like eating it directly i think you have to give it a chance i think that like, some of the things you don't like about it will like either like, cook out or I, I don't it's not like it's different than putting mustard on a hot dog it's not the same thing so i think you should give. i think you owe it to the listeners to give that a try at some point and really
1: you know show us your results um, well, while we're on the subject, I did want to hand out a shout out um, that's kind of on the subject of uh, of meat and smoking. I'm actually, I told you this, I'm smoking something right now, which is the whole like cool part of the pellet oh, grill. Uh, it's on the grill at, at, the, <laughs> at the moment uh, that you and I are recording this. It's uh, Tuesday right before 1 p.m. Central Time, which is a factor. We'll get to that too. Um, but I've uh, I've really upped my Instagram game as far as content. Brandon and I, uh, shocker alert, our jobs are to create content about the teams that we cover. So I have really, really upped. I'm sure you've seen and really enjoyed Brandon uh, my Cowboys content on the IG. But I wanted to give a shout out to Matt Pittman on Instagram, my new friend uh, at Meat Church, uh, the best Instagram follow that there is. Uh, followed me back so matt and i are friends now i believe matt's a cowboys fan so um we'll get um you know maybe we'll get him on the pod here hear, you know his review on this recipe who knows um are we ready to kind of move forward with everything or do we have any other kind of uh, meandering that we want to do i think
2: we owe it to everyone to get this thing fired up to an internal temperature oh wait of um,
1: what? <laughs> well, i just um we got a question on the on the Boys YouTube channel because we were talking about guests that we had had, and somebody asked when we had Rick Devens on, and I forgot I to answer that comment. comment. So, apologies. Because I don't remember. Um, I forgot to answer it. And now, right, and now it's like it's too far back. I can't find it anymore to answer the comment. But when did we have him on? Was, I was trying to remember that. And in, in, it was, in case anyone's unaware, Rick Devens competed on Survivor, um, got third. Is that right? A little, got third a or second? Spoiler alert. Um, Uh,
2: I think it was the 2021 season, and it had to be – I think it was after an Eagles-Commanders game. I'm guessing it might have been the one where they played on the Tuesday. That's my guess. Remember, they had to play on the Tuesday because Montez Sweat wouldn't get vaccinated, and then the whole roster got like COVID, and they pushed it back a day.
1: (laughs) I I remember how upset you got. That idea was terrible.
2: But I'm pretty sure uh, it was around then. So December of 2021, I think. I don't think – maybe December 2020. You can probably look this up very easily, or just wasting time um... guessing.
1: I don't know if you... Uh, are you actually going to look it up? Because if you are, I'm going to buy you some time while you do that. Yeah, I'm doing um, it right now. But... I
2: just Googled. Uh, okay. I see episode 36.
1: Oh, wow. Well, we're at 104. Mm-hmm. So that was a long time ago.
2: It's called Surviving wow. the Rest so of that... the Regular Season. And that was a little nod to... So 2020? Rick Devins being on uh, the, uh, the Surviving Snyder
1: podcast. Right, right. Um, so... That was 2020 when when he was on not 2021 which you just said a moment ago so you were wrong hmm. okay all right well shout out to rick Evans. maybe we'll get him back on uh maybe like the halfway point of this survivor season um and uh yeah we ready uh okay so it's 10 till 1 central time on tuesday march 21st this is important because brandon We say the time every time we put an episode together, especially this time of year where there's stuff happening kind of left and right. And last week we went through, we went over an hour, we discussed all the moves and we stopped recording. We sent it to Rachel, our fantastic producer, and all hell broke loose. Like like literally everything happened. I felt so bad for the mixologist that we weren't here to, to kind of, you know, discuss everything. So we don't have to spend a ton of time on the original things because they were a week ago at this point. Uh, but uh, I know that we go in divisional standing order, but I feel like we have to touch on the Darren Waller trade at the beginning because that happened right after we recorded. Yeah, I mean, that's a well, wait a minute. No, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with this at all. We're doing it by team. This is your. Sneaky okay. Well, attempt to I not mean, all, team. all I'm. I I don't I'm just saying you're going to confuse the listener but go no, ahead not. if, if yeah, like, go I am fine team. doing this We're but I do it like we always do Okay it. fine right, Okay fine so, so uh when uh, was Rashad Penny or Marcus Mariota first
2: Rashad Penny happened not too l- I think it might have happened not too long after the uh I believe it did actually the uh the signing you just mentioned Rashad Penny comes to the Eagles 600k guaranteed I don't think it's it sounds like crazy when you say it but I don't think it's insane to say The upside for this player is like one of the best players at his position, at least like production wise in the league. Now, I don't think he will get there because he can never stay healthy. It's like pretty much a guarantee he's going to get hurt at some point. Um, But to get a player of that ilk, and this really speaks to a bigger point about running backs being not as valued as uh, other positions. When you can get a player of that capability for so little resources that says something. It's not you're not signing a guy at defensive end or quarterback for only 600k guaranteed and being like, well, if he just stays healthy and things kind of go his way, he might be one of the best players at his position. So, I think it's a really good signing for the Eagles. Again, he's going to get hurt at some point, um, but you consider like this is a dude who can be super effective in an offense with one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in the league with Jalen Hurts there. Um, and it's not like he has to be the bell cow. Like, you will still have other options. They brought back Boston Scott. They have Kenny Gainwell. They have Trey Sermon. I'm sure they'll draft someone. Uh, so I really like that move. And even, if, like, the way I put it on BGN Radio, even if he gets hurt in, like, the first play of training camp, it's still, like, a great move. Like, it like it was a signing that didn't really cost you anything, and the upside is sky high.
1: Um, I think if you are – Practic or pragmatic with the running back position like if you run an nfl team it has the potential to be the highest return on investment of like any free agent signing you can make right like again if you're pragmatic about it and the eagles generally are um certainly a town, like this is fine like i like this isn't like oh super bowl but it's also like not like oh what are you doing like this is a good solid move solid step in the right direction you had to move on from miles sanders who took the deal with the carolina panthers that also happened since we last spoke um I, I feel like I don't know that there are Eagles fans who are like bummed about that. I mean, bummed on like an emotional level, certainly, but maybe not bummed on like a, an actual a resource you know, level. logical level. Yeah, no. Right. So I mean this this makes sense. Um I talked about Marcus Mariota. Um that finally. finally happened. Finally <laughs> happened. <laughs> it took it took eight years. Um, I remember that so vividly. Um, so in case anyone doesn't know, because some people come to fandom later or whatever, it was 2015, right? And that was Chip Kelly's, what wound up being his final year, right, with the Eagles. He was fired before the season ended, right? Um, and obviously, he, he had come from Oregon. He had loved Marcus Mariota. And there was all the talk that they were trying to trade up with the Titans, right, for the number two overall pick. He ultimately went there, obviously. Uh, he has had a, a long NFL career to this point, but he has now arrived the chosen son uh the prince that was promised for the city of philadelphia the new ben simmons i don't know about that imagine going <laughs>
2: back in like imagine me now in 2022 no sorry it's 2023 imagine Three. me in 2023 going back to the past and telling you or everyone that hey look i'm from the future which is already pretty crazy but put that aside for a second and the eagles have won a super bowl and the eagles I'll also have had two head coaches since uh chip kelly they they have two head coaches beyond chip kelly and marcus mariota is on their roster like how would you like reconcile all those things you'd be like and, Wait,
1: what would that look like and they and they traded up to take a quarterback at number 2 overall that wasn't marcus mariota
2: and the quarterback who won the super bowl was <laughs> Wasn't him (laughs) like who they did just like a couple months ago, you'd be like, Wait, what? Like, no, like that's that's how crazy the NFL is. And, like, oh,
1: and and to your point, uh, Andy Reid has won two Super Bowls, (laughs) one against the the Eagles, like that. yeah like that's like uh, that's just no i you mean not
2: like, if anyone told you that you'd be like no like literally zero if you could bet the odds on that if there are odds for that exact outcome they'd be like what you, you like a hundred dollars to win like a trillion dollars there's just no way you would have thought that was going to happen so uh that's kind of the craziness of it all but i think from a, a roster analytical assessment that's a fine move you know the backup quarterback market it's right in line with those contracts it's one year five million guaranteed with uh, up to 8 million. And, you know, I think, uh, is he a great passer? No, clearly not. But he's a backup quarterback. He's one of the better backup quarterbacks. I think he has a potential to be an upgrade on Minshew. At the very least, I do feel confident in his running ability. And that kind of fits what the Eagles do. And, you know, if they have to go on a playoff run with Marcus Mariota, do I believe he can lead them to a championship? No, of course not. But uh, if he the Hertz has to miss a couple games, which he's ha- kind of had to, uh in at least he missed one in 2021 he missed three last year
1: or two last year um, i'm i'm not trolling i'm i'm, ac- I'm actually asking he's never played a full regular season right Correct. At, his rookie,
2: at this point year it- started four games at the end and then he missed yeah two. i mean like that doesn't count to me he missed right. one game as a full-time starter in 2021 and then he missed i think was it yeah two last year the cowboys game and the saints game so
1: um, and then the giants at the, at the end. Oh no, he no, played, he that played one. in that one.
2: So yeah. So if, if, you know, if Mariota has to come in like for a two game, four game stretch, you feel like he can, you know, give you a chance to win and keep the
1: season afloat. It's a fine move. Um, speaking as a Cowboys fan, I am much less afraid of Marcus Mariota than I was Gardner Minshew. And I lauded the Gardner Minshew trade when it happened. Um, that was, before the 21 season is that correct um so I mean I and I remember like just on the subject of Mariota like I remember like begging the universe for the Eagles to be able to do it like I wanted that so badly for the Eagles to sell all their capital to get up and, and take Mariota I just didn't believe that that his NFL career would take off and I know he had some some prominent moments in Tennessee um but it, it, it never realized what I think you know certainly his hype level was um but yeah so I, I think I mean I don't I'm, I'm going to call it regression at QB two, but I, I don't think it's like significant. I don't think it's massive. I do think he has a higher ceiling, but I think he has a much lower floor than Gardner Minshew, I guess is where I
2: contract think. is, you know, Minshew got less. So that doesn't mean he's definitely better, but it is worth noting that the market valued Mariota higher. And I, you know, as part of that might be starting experience and whatnot. And pedigree being a number two overall pick, it is worth noting that the Eagles have multiple, Heisman winner, baby, the sec- two Heisman winners now on the Eagles roster. You know, at the last time that happened, um,
1: well, it was in 2015. It, they have three Heisman winners total. You're saying a quarterback specifically? No, is that what you're talking about? Like, well, the they, quarterback were, position? they were because there was
2: previously, but not because right now it's Devonte Smith and Marcus Mariota. Right, previously, right. it was in 2015.
1: Oh, yeah, I... It was Sam Bradford. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. And, and don't tell me. I'm thinking it was tw- so 2015 Eagles, Sam like Bradford, a very prominent college football player, <laughs> maybe one of the most ever. Oh, when tebow was, was around <laughs> yeah. for like that cup of coffee or whatever yep. um wow uh, well that was shout out to chip kelly again like a very the <laughs> the eagles have just had all the you know even jalen hurts not a heisman winner but like a super you know prominent name in the world of college football um someday arch manning is destined to be the quarterback of the philadelphia eagles that's what this tells us um wow okay um anything else like well, anything notable yeah. i mean the, <laughs> darius Slade's down well, okay well that's we well, okay, so this was dramatic, and we had like fun laughing at this. This was this actually happened Wednesday night because I was watching Survivor when it happened. Um, when so correct me if I'm wrong, Wednesday during the day, there's the like he actually said goodbye, right? And his wife is his wife who tweeted out like it was super hard for them to leave, and she was really sad. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like they're gonna cut him, and all these Eagles fans were like, he's trash anyway. <laughs> and then you know, Wednesday night is the report that uh, that he's gonna return, and all these Eagles fans were, like, oh, goat, goat. Go, slay goat this and he comes back on the rework deal um in addition to keeping bradbury so the secondary at least the starting corner stay intact
2: i actually have a really good tweet (laughs) regarding the perception thing you just said and to be clear yeah i tweeted some stuff that was not favorable in slay uh like after Mm. news but i don't regret it Mm. like I i was not i didn't love how slay finished the season last year in any case uh 94 sports radio wip their midday show ran a poll uh and i forget this was on tuesday or whenever the first new the news first that was slay might move on uh and the the poll here question was did the eagles make a mistake by releasing Darius Slay and rj with over 6000 votes 37% of the people said yes so that means 63% said no But then, once it was announced that he came back, another poll was ran, and that was Are you happy that the Eagles found a way to make it work with Darius Slay? And 91% said yes, and 9% (laughs) said no. So, uh, there's definitely some. These
1: are your tweets. These are your tweets. Yeah. Um Darius Slay 2022 via Pro Football Focus. Week one through week six. Tar- I'm not going to read through this, but you basically highlighted how he was a baller from week one through week six. In Week seven through the Super Bowl. Didn't
2: finish as strong.
1: He's, your exact words were started hot, finished exactly. cold. Exactly. And then, and then you were dragging. You were in full-on troll BLG this mode. This isn't even Slay commentary. career. This is objective information. With seven picks. So Slay's career as an Eagle. These yeah. are the quarterbacks he has picked up. Right. Andy Dalton once, Sam Darnold twice, Trevor Simeon once, Kirk Cousins, your boy, mm-hmm. twice, and Cooper Rush once. So are you pumped to have this guy back? Are you 91% pumped? Well,
2: I said like this is like the Jonathan Gannon of cornerbacks here. It's like he shows up against the bad quarterbacks where the big plays – the guy the guy insists on being called big play, doesn't make an interception after week six. You go on a deep playoff run to the Super Bowl. It's a little like, okay, hey, man, I need some of those big plays, and especially against, in big-time moments against – other quarterbacks the best quarterback he picked off last I looked this up like like an actually really good quarterback and if you're gonna say Cousins is that guy if he's the very best that's
1: not I really would, but okay but is that like really impressive if he is the best from that list not really I mean so are you so then are you saying his most impressive most recent interception came as a lion is that what you're about to it say did.
2: it was like in week two of 2019 because he had won in 2020 and that was Andy Dalton uh at the end of the season so the most impressive, I think you would say, is like Philip Rivers early in 2019. I would say Kirk in 22 is way more. Impressive okay, but like, but, are these like uh, great achievements that we're debating right
1: now? Any case. No, but like, that's so that's so dumb. Like, does any corner in the Hall of Fame like stand up in their speech and be like, I picked off John Elway. Like, no, like, dude, like, it doesn't absolutely matter. Interceptions are I mean, interceptions. Like, the
2: quality of competition is absolutely a factor. In any case, he's back. Okay. and. I don't love, we haven't seen the details yet somehow still a week later of like what exactly changed in this contract. I don't love the concept of guaranteeing an aging player at a position. I think that is, you know, especially prone to decline and a player who I thought showed potentially some signs of decline at the end of last season. And not everyone agrees with that assessment. Uh, Johnny Page for Bleeding Green Nation does these really great uh, film breakdowns at the site and he still feels like Slay is playing at a high level and maybe I'm being too hard on him. I'm just being honest about how I feel, what we saw at the end of last season. So I don't hate it. I also don't love it. Um, I do like getting James Bradbury back. I thought that was really uh, unexpected because everyone thought he was going to leave. Um, but to get him at a rate that was pretty reasonable too relative to the market, I forget what it is now at the top of my head. But like the money he got was like, it's pretty in line, I think, with the player he is. They didn't have to overpay to keep him. Um, And obviously this is all intertwined. I can't mention this without bringing in the C.J. Gardner-Johnson factor, which... So now he is in Detroit. Lots of Lion detroit spillover happening. He is in Detroit, and basically what has been put out there is that the Eagles wanted to keep C.J. G.J. early in the process. I think it is boring. Like, I don't think it's just hearsay or speculate. I think it's clearly the results bear out that he was anticipating getting more then his market was really out there for him because like think about RJ think about how crazy it is that you just led the NFL in interceptions as Chauncey Gardner Johnson and you went to the Super Bowl and you took a one-year deal and now you're betting on yourself to have a better year than the year you just came off of and you're gonna really like you're gonna hit the market next year hotter and make more money like that doesn't make any sense so I think he clearly overplayed his hand and I brought this up I think on BGN radio and maybe it seems like a minor thing to some people, but CJ D J posted an Instagram story last week, and it was not like in jest. It was something to the effect of he felt like he could have had 12 interceptions last year if he didn't get hurt or whatever. Like that's that's clearly speaking to a player who might not be like totally realistically assessing his own market, which hurts you because it's not like I get you have to be confident and stuff and whatnot and believe in yourself, but if you're doing it to a level that's totally unrealistic then you're going to get less money at the end of the day because the money's only drying up as free agency progresses. So I think he kind of played himself a little bit and it's kind of, these are, look, these are worse off without him because right now at safety, they only have Reed Blankenship, who was an undrafted rookie free agent last year and like Kayvon Wallace, who should not be a starter and Andre Sachery. And they just signed this guy, Justin Evans, who was out of football for a couple of years before last year. So they're clearly a worse team with him or sorry, without him at the same time, like, I don't know, man, I can't, I kind of can't crush them for not getting it done. When you look at how like he's kind of handled things since leaving and his agency, which was like, who was like tweeting out a deal that wasn't even like real, apparently, potentially because they were like, oh, there's 17 million in the third year. Like that wouldn't be allowed in terms of how contracts are structured in the NFL. So uh, a long winded way of saying like, it's unfortunate it didn't work out, but I'm also not crushed that he's gone.
1: Um. I mean, I I don't generally feel like a rule of thumb for me is I don't crush NFL teams for not paying like, and by paying, I mean like paying, paying a uh, running back, a tight end safety. Like that's just where we're at in today's NFL. Um, so, and I know that the Lions didn't like pay him, pay him. But like, again, I think that there was like, you know, some, some bad blood. I don't say bad blood, but like, it was just, you know, it had, it had to be somebody else that wasn't the Eagles at that point. Like it kind of felt that way. Um, I think if the, I think th- there's going to be regression for the Eagles, right? Like, especially defensively, like the sacks and things like that, like that's going to come. I think that, that CJGJ is like the face of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he was this, like, I don't want to say like hot player only with the Eagles, but like, it's all like, it's, it's, this is like emblematic of the effect that is happening, you know, what I'm which is why, I mean, to, you know, we talked about this a lot, but like not winning the Super Bowl is so devastating for Eagles fans because like it was there, you were right there. It's so hard to recapture that. And so hard to be the exception, the way that Philly was last season. I think if you look back at some of the plays that
2: CJ DJ made last year, and look, I'm not trying to say like, actually, it's a bad player. I'm just saying Mm, when this this sounds like talking to both sides, No, when you well look like when you're talking about regression, do you really expect CJ DJ to have six interceptions or close to that number again next season? You don't because that's a very high number. I think he will have like two to three. So I think that's the kind of player he is. I think he makes plays on the ball. There's something to be said for being in the right position at the right time. But I was watching just some of the forget even like looking out his highlights specifically. You know, like the B-roll footage that like they'll show if like uh Ian Rappaport or Tom Pilicero are talking about like a player signing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they, I was watching some clips like that and they were showing CJ GJ clips, and you're just seeing like tip passes go right to him. Like it's not even like he made a play on the ball. He's standing there, someone tipped it, and it's like right in his arms. And to his credit, he's catching it. Not all players can do that watched Nigel Bradham once upon a time, drop a lot of interceptions uh, that came right to him. But like the point is, I think this was him at like a 99 kind of percentile performance
1: last season. And it was great. I'm not trying to take it. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that the Eagles defense and an offense to some degree was the 99th percentile in a lot of ways. But You're paying for Um, a contract now
2: that is beyond that, like, and probably worse than that and less than that. So you can't just pay for that 99 percentile performance because that's not realistically what you're going to get. And I think it was way out of whack. And again, I, I think, you know, you could have said maybe the Eagles should have done something differently, but it's it's very clear that Chauncey Gardner Johnson's side messed up. They did. Again, you can you cannot argue that they did not mess up. You, you there's no way he's hitting the market
1: harder next year than he did this year. I agree with that. I think there are three things that are true here. I think that Chauncey Gardner Johnson, um you know, tried to, and like, I don't blame him, tried to cash in as much as he could try to leverage what he could and missed, you know what I mean? His, his representation misread or, or miscalculated and he missed Uh the Eagles are worse off without him. Like, even if there is regression, right? Like that's a, another thing that's true. Yep. And number three, this was the inevitable that was to come for the Eagles, right? Like, like regression happening, purge happening, you know, change happening. So all of those things could be true. Um. So he's now a member of the Detroit lions. Do the Eagles play the lions? i don't think so but i mean they could conceivably meet in the playoffs the eagles do play the patriots uh because the NFC plays the afc east and juju smith schuster so i cannot wait for that
2: uh we will get juju eagles don't play the lions because they played the nfc north last year and they did not place in the same place in the division so yeah no
1: right uh so the cowboys play the lions next year so interesting okay uh is that it for the eagles We still have a lot. Yeah, I know. There was a lot in Eagles
2: world, specifically after the podcast. They also brought back Fletcher Cox. That's worth mentioning. Don't love it,
1: but also they needed. Oh, I saw you were not. I saw you were not pleased with this. Like there, there was, and in fact, I saw. Um, I think uh, so. Seth Walder is like handling the grades for ESPN's um analysis of frequency, and I, I'm. This is my memory. I think he graded it like a D minus or like a C minus. Like it's just, it's a lot to pay for the lack of production. I think he's just a declining player. Just, you're paying, you're paying for the like you're paying for the legacy. Is kind of what it feels. He
2: said like. so many. I mean, obviously, like I respect Fletcher Cox for his, like the yes, the legacy has value, and I'm not trying to totally dismiss that. But if we're talking about what Fletcher Cox is in 2023, I just I don't know. I think the stats rebound last year was not really necessarily a great indicator that he's back as much as he kind of he had a good, like decent season, but also kind of just spoke to the Eagles defensive success as a whole. And I just, I, I've said it uh, and I'll repeat it again. I just feel like there's so many times last year where I saw him getting like pushed around out there, especially in the run game. And I just, I didn't love to see that. Uh, he was also
1: today, as we're recording this sign, Nicholas Morrow um, from the Bears Last year, Cowboys had had been weirdly connected to him over the, like many times over the last year. So just kind of weird how he popped up and then wound up with the Eagles. They needed a starting
2: linebacker because they lost both T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White. So you kind of have him and potentially right. nicobe Dean in there again. They kind of have to do that same thing at safety. By the way, it's very funny to me that so the Eagles signed Justin Evans. I mentioned earlier this safety who's probably honestly going to be like might not even make the team, backup. Um, but it's it's very funny that when they signed him. It's very clear that the Eagles put out there, this is not our only move at safety, but like they, they didn't say it themselves, of course, but they like four or five or six different reporters were all like, this doesn't mean the Eagles are done at safety. This doesn't mean the Eagles are done at safety, which is very funny to me because it's basically the Eagles saying, please tweet out that we know this guy isn't actually that good. It's, like, it's kind of just a how the sausage is made thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's still time for the. That's, that's kind of an annoying thing uh, that's been said a lot this offseason. It's not untrue to be clear. Just the, but it's like any kind of hole that the Eagles have, it's like, okay, it's it, it's it's all right, because it's a long offseason. And there is truth to that. They did get AJ Brown during the draft last year. They did sign Chauncey or trade for Chauncey Garner Johnson right before the season. But just because they did those things doesn't mean like those opportunities will be there definitely again. It's possible they will be. You can't rule it out, but uh it's fair to like be concerned about the Eagles' safety position right now when they don't have a really proven option there. But you know, John Johnson's still on the market. Um, Kevin Byard. There's rumors that you know something could happen with him. So there are things to kind of to monitor and and have optimism that could happen. Um, but zooming out, RJ, so I know you're not paying attention, and I'll wrap this up on the Eagles.
1: I think it comes am, down but to something. Something happened. That's just the, big? The, You know how this goes. What? So. uh No, something. Uh, but continue, and then I'll the last thing like, I want to say about the Eagles is time.
2: that uh, yeah, <clears throat> look. They have a Super Bowl ceiling with Jalen Hurts, right? That's fair to say, assuming there's no massive regression with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. The Eagles have the ceiling of a Super Bowl team. I think that's fair to say. It's just that, um, so I don't think that changed from last year to this season. It's just again about the the margin for error being slimmer. You know, it's, you're probably not going to be in a position where you are entering your final three games just needing one more win to clinch the number one seat that's probably not the same thing this year
1: what's so busy that um, um that i need you, you texting? to bu- i'm uh, i'm not texting me. i'm getting content now uh well i'm trying to save it for the pod so i need you to you know buy me like five minutes while oh, I, I get you know get, you get an, an article out and things like the that Eagles. um well wait what was that you can do this brandon you can carry us for five minutes <laughs> rj is so shook um I mean, that's about it. I mean, that's
2: that's all. The Eagles also signed great, Greedy Williams, but I think that's kind of more of a depth move than anything uh, huge going on the roster. They, they lost Zach Pascal, not a huge deal. Um, they lost Isaac Smallow, That's worth noting. Starting offensive lineman, right guard. Uh, it always seemed like he was going to leave in free agency because why would you kind of keep cam Jurgens on the bench for two straight years i mean ideally if you could have brought back small on a one-year deal at a reasonable rate and no one wanted him sure but you were not going to compete against the market to bring back a uh, like almost 30 year old starter at right guard um when you have depth in the organization and you can let him walk so they did that um eagles well positioned with losing all these phrases by the way to get the maximum of four compensatory picks in the 2024 NFL draft, um, which kind of puts them up to 12 picks total, potentially, again, assuming those things work out. And in theory could have even more if they lose specifically Brian Johnson to their offensive coordinator to a head coaching job next year under the uh, resolution JC2A comp pick thing, or basically when a minority... Uh, either coach, assistant coach, or front office executive gets hired to a head coach or GM role, then you get uh, compensation for that. We saw that work with the 49ers uh, notably recently. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. It would not apply. I was uh, keenly alerted to, to defensive coordinator Sean Desai because he has only spent one year with the eagles as of after this season um and the the guy needs to be there or woman needs to be there with two at least two seasons Mm -hmm. so um point being they have a lot of 2024 nfl draft capital and projected draft capital and that is something to note because they only have six picks this year so they can get more a little bit more aggressive potentially about trading picks next year knowing that they're going to have a lot of those so that is something to keep an eye on down the line RJ do you need me to keep vamping
1: for like 10 minutes uh no we can we can start uh the Cowboys portion of this conversation okay. and we you can help me out here um so let's get into it the Cowboys um by a lot of people's measurements are having um a really good off season it started off uh by trading for Stefan Gilmore um and then trading for Brandon Cooks on Sunday morning okay the Cowboys agreed to... yeah that's what I was <laughs> thank you for spoiling it I spent all this time uh buying us Not time em. uh on Tuesday the day we're recording this the Cowboys agreed uh, or brought in Chuma Adaga uh, that's their first external veteran free agent signing because, uh, again, the Gilmore and Cooks, you know, moves were both by way of trade. And as of this recording, while it's happening, so I'm getting everything out across BTB, I've um, heard signed it. Ronald Jones to a one year deal. Uh, excuse me, a one year deal. This was really predictable. It, it's The Cowboys have been kind of connected to Rojo since Sunday night, I would say. Um, so it's kind of felt inevitable. So it's finally happening, which is why we're fortunate that we had um, some things ready at BTB. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean I'm 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 curious to hear your thoughts on the Cowboys as I kind of get this out. I need you to vamp on them. And um well, I think the Cowboys made some pretty good moves.
2: Uh I like the fact that they these are low cost moves, you know. What it took to get Mm Stefan Gilmore, that's basically a steal. Like, what are the Colts doing? If you are looking at it from an Eagles perspective, it's like why are you just by the way? Did it bother you that Shane Sticken? (laughs) i didn't think about that immediately Uh, i did think about that later and i was like wait a minute um i mean i get it for the colts and that like they don't need to keep him but it just feels like you're just like giving him away at that cost like you're barely getting much in return now he is older so that is something to keep in mind i think if you're looking at it from the eagles homerism slant you want to say that okay they got gilmore and they got cooks these are older guys and with cooks i know he's a little bit like I think mean, he's, he's been in the league longer than his age would suggest, and you also have to look at his specific injury history with and concussion, concussions, and that's something very serious and something uh, to monitor and probably factors into, you know, the cost and everything. Um, also have to consider that, you know, you're not getting Brandon Cooks for free in terms of, like, your your. Your design. I know the Colts took on, or sorry, the Texans took on some of his salary, but the Cowboys are still paying like a hefty chunk of that. So that's another part of why, um, you know, the cost is lower because you're taking on a significant portion of salary for a player who's been productive and a player who has been linked to the Eagles in the past. And I've liked Brandon Cooks, um, but again, you know, I question the health a little bit and, and if he can hold up. I also question that you know he's been on a really bad team for a couple of seasons now. <laughs> Uh, in Houston and certainly um, there's an effect where not saying he's a bad player because he has a track record of being good before he joined the Texans but um, you know there is some extent of like in the NBA sometimes you have a player who has really good volume stats because like uh, someone has to take the shots (laughs) and even though um, where am I going with that uh, it's so hard when I'm just vamping and RJ is doing nothing. Uh, but the point being like,
1: nothing. sometimes NRJ's when
2: down. he's just lazily doing nothing over there, when you have a player in the NBA who like puts up numbers on a bad, but on a bad team, like a team that, okay, yeah, he's putting up great stats, but they're not actually winning. So that's another point that you kind of wonder about, but overall, you know, these are deals that you do. I think anyone would say that um, in the Cowboys position. I will say that from an opportunity cost perspective, I would I would much rather the Cowboys trade for Brandon Cooks Cooks than get um like DeAndre Hopkins. I would rather face him than than DeHop. Uh but still, I think those are reasonable additions and they it's interesting because they kind of really fit into what Jerry Jones said and got criticized for rightfully. So, during the Eagles Super Bowl stretch where he kind of talked about the Eagles being all in, which was not really I think an accurate assessment, but there was some level of like the Eagles paid some big cost to get some of the players that they did specifically, I guess, really in the AJ Brown case where they gave up the first round pick. Whereas the Cowboys and their mentality is that like, they don't want to give up significant assets and resources like that. They kind of want to hunt for bargain deals. And that's what they did to some extent uh, with these, the Gilmore and Cook's trade. So, you know, I think those were, were good moves for them in the sense of they got two really good players. Um, But it also does, you know, it's not like these are players in their prime who are going to be here for years and years and years and years to come. This is about the Cowboys setting up a window that they feel like they can win now in and the pressure is going to be on to do so because, like, you know, how many good seasons are you going to get out of Stephon Gilmore? How many good seasons are you going to get out of Brandon Cooks? Enough to compete for a Super Bowl now. But again, I'm just saying they're not like, hey, we have, like, it's not like A.J. Brown. You got him and you had to pay a first round pick. Yeah, but you got him when he's like 24, 25 years old, you could have him for like 10 more seasons conceivably. Um, I need 10 more seconds. He needs 10 more seconds. So, uh, you know, anything else they did outside of that, I don't think really matters as much. You know, they a couple of smaller moves here. They they let Dalton Schultz walk. I think that was the right move. I think uh, we had this talk during last year's uh, NFC East mixtape overrated under or, or no, sorry, it was the all NFC East team. And I think there was contention from you that Schultz should be over Goddard. And I was like, I can't even name a Dalton Schultz highlight from the previous season, like even that just stood out. Um, And certainly he did not have a great 2022, in part, marred by injury. So I think the Cowboys did the right thing to let him walk because there's just no need to overpay him. But at the same time, it's not like the Cowboys have a ton at tight end currently, but I guess they can address that position in the draft because the draft is said to be good at tight end.
1: So um, I'm adding this to our tracker. What are you doing? Why don't you look at
2: people behind the curtain and say it as you're
1: doing it? Um, I told you. I'm adding the news story of signing Ronald Jones to our tracker at blogontheboys.com where we track every single thing that the Cowboys are doing. Do you hear Leo barking in the
2: background?
1: I do. I'm actually better at doing this uh, while talking. I almost got the time wrong because we put this in Eastern time. Um, I'm actually better at doing this while typing than than I thought I would be. Um, so, updating the tracker, which has everything. I'm now going to get the tweet out for the tracker. Um, and, uh, mm, yes, yeah, so the Cowboys. So you confirm
2: that you're uh, the man behind the BTB account.
1: No, I'm tweeting this out from my mm. my own. I don't know how that was complicated for you. Um, but, you know, whatever. Because you, like you, wanna... you love this idea that the BTB account, Twitter account, is like this there I tweet sometimes, there are multiple people. people it's clearly you I, because I of the all some... caps and excitement. It's clearly you. No, I tweet sometimes, but there's a way uh, to separate yourself t-
2: from the homerism that the blatant homerism that comes out of that account.
1: Um, okay. Um okay, last thing, last thing, right. last thing. I don't know thing. what else, I mean I I I pretty much said like all my thoughts
2: in Cowboys Frequency. I, I can't give you more.
1: Yeah, you really did. I mean, like you really did a phenomenal job. Okay. Um so I think that the Cowboys are um doing what they say they like to do which is addressing all of their holes prior to the draft right like when the season ended it was um you know you need a corner you need a wide receiver you need help along the offensive line you need help at running back like presuming that certain things would happen you didn't even mention at least i don't think you did um the release of zeke Elliott um and since we left okay played. um so i mean well that's a no i agree i I just, I just laughed because um, i thought of
2: zeke's last play as a cowboy ever <laughs> it's yeah um
1: it that's low hanging fruit for people but, it's, but, but it, come is what on. it is it's,
2: it's pretty like I can't not say it. I know it's not funny to you, but it is pretty like crazy that that is. I mean, I think he'll be back at it's, some point in the Cowboys uniform. I don't know if that's this year or down the road, but I think it will happen.
1: If he if he plays uh for somebody else, I'm, I'm at the time of this recording he's not on another team. Um I totally envision him signing like the, you know, proverbial like one-day contract or whatever right. to retire a Cowboy blah blah blah. Um so anyway, um the stefan gilmore trade was incredible like i mean they, they got a, a starter they got a starting corner opposite of trayvon Diggs. so they obviously have contract discussions they have to work out over this offseason they got a day one starter for a fifth round pick i mean like what and and i don't know that you mentioned this again i was listening but half listening the whole the audience was listening to you at least um mm-hmm. that's just Beatable. kind of the way the sausage is made around here i have sausage in the smoker if we want to take things back there um, that was the lower of their two compensatory picks in the fifth round this year okay. so they you know that's a, a new fifth. thing it's not new yeah. new but like still relatively new to be able to trade those comp picks so uh, it was the lowest of their at the time three fifth round picks um so again it wasn't even like shane second was like give me what your are the best fifth. doing <laughs>
2: like ask for the it's highest like, one
1: <laughs> right uh so that was so awesome uh to see happen and I don't know that you saw this, but like the Cowboys locker room, like all the players like freaked out about him. Like they clearly really look up to him. He's a defensive player of the year. He's won a Super Bowl. I mean, like he walks in with some, some, you know, status and stature that like, they, they don't know what, what it is. You know what I mean? Like he's done the things that they're trying to do. I I do think that's a valuable thing. And BT beers have heard me say this, but when the Cowboys sent Gerald McCoy in 2020, um granted he had not won the super bowl but he felt like this guy who was a veteran who had done a lot of things in the nfl obviously and i likened him or that move at the time to mike mccarthy bringing charles woodson into green bay right like again somebody who had been there done that and could kind of show the the younger players on the team how it was done and i certainly think that like stefan gilmore is such a valuable role model for trayvon diggs at the very least and even your micah parsons is players that are like at the forefront of the nfl um so that was a huge move and, and we were kind of living Cow, we've been screaming for cowboys, the, the Cowboys to make moves like this for a long time and been jealous of the Eagles and Howie doing things like this all the time. So it was, I mean, like our cup had runneth over. You know what I'm saying? Our, I don't know why I said cup but our cup had runneth over with Cowboys like sort of uh, appreciation. And then on Sunday, um, I mean, <laughs> yep. you know, the Brandon Cooks thing happens and, and the Cowboys had been connected to Brandon Cooks mid last season. I don't know that you recall yeah, that. He they, obviously had the Yes, fall- I do. He had the falling out with Houston, and that was unfortunate um, for him and for them. And obviously, things were a little bit tough, um, you know, for the Texans in a lot of different ways. But they were reportedly willing to offer a third round pick, and Houston wanted a second round pick, so they got him for a fifth this year. That was actually Dallas's own fifth, so they they actually. St- still hold the middle of their originally three fifth round picks and a sixth round pick next year so who cares right and they restructured his deal it's very funny and very similar or very funny how similar it is to the amari cooper trade. obviously that involved a fifth round pick everybody forgets that it also involved a swap of sixth round picks not that that makes it better uh but that was technically a part of the transaction and right after the browns traded for amari um, they restructured his deal and they created some salary cap space. And it was like, hey, look, you could have done this. Uh, but they didn't. Uh, the Cowboys didn't at least. So immediately they restructured Brandon Cook's deal that happened on Monday night. Uh, saved six million dollars in salary cap space. They've restructured so far this offseason, the deals of Dak Prescott, Zach Martin. They did Michael Gallup. So he's going to be around at least another year. They did have an out in his deal next year. So we kind of were like, well, what's going to happen? But they're clearly believing in him bouncing back from the torn ACL. They restructured Demarcus Lawrence's deal. Um, they restructured Tyron Smith's deal, so he is officially coming back, which is a big deal. Not that he's going to play, you know, all 17 games, but having Tyron is a, a much better thing than not having him. Um, so everything has been wonderful and awesome. I mean, it's it's a strange place to be. You don't win the Super Bowl, obviously, you know, at this time of year. And I wouldn't know what that's like. But I mean, they have put they have taken themselves seriously, which is what I think every Cowboys fan has wanted and screamed for them to do. To realize and and look. You and I, I think both agree that Dak Prescott is at worst, the second best quarterback in the NFC right now. So you have a chance, you have a shot, right? Like there's, if you're looking at this through a Cowboys lens, there's probable regression coming for the Eagles. We just talked about that when we were having the discussion about them. The Packers are about to lose Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings, nobody believes in except for RJ. And he was wrong. I mean, the Niners, who knows what they're going to look like? Like this, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. And so it is an amalgamation of everything they've done that I think has made everybody feel so positive. It's the Gilmore trade, the Cooks trade, the restructuring of Tyron to keep him around. Um, to be honest, the releasing of Zeke Kelly. It's, like, it's unfortunate to say like that made everybody so happy because that's never a good thing, but it does prove that they finally understand the error that they committed a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I have no complaints. I'm very happy with everything they've done so far. I think,
2: yeah. You should be, and um, I think it's going to be really interesting to debate who is the best starting. You know, the, the NFC East, uh, all the all-star roster, basically, like we do every offseason, that'll be some very interesting discussions at wide receiver, specifically, and at cornerback.
1: Um,
2: By the way, it's the Eagles. Wait, wait. I'm saying it's going to be interesting to talk about the positions at wide receiver and cornerback when it comes to the NFC East All Star roster when we debate those positions in the offseason. Because now you're going to be like, you're going to be like, it should be Stephon Gilmore uh, and Trayvon Diggs. I'm going to be like, oh, it should be James Bradbury,
1: should be in there. I think the two best corners in the division are James Bradbury. Trayvon Diggs and, and Darius Slay. I still believe in Darius Slate personally, but um, better. like, I don't think you can, I don't think you can leave Diggs off. And I think the two best receivers are AJ and CD, but I think that the third person, like if we ranked the, the two duos, right. The two duos of receivers and corners from both Dallas and Philly, I think Dallas's second player is, is fourth. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think James Bradbury, is the third corner, and I think that Devontae Smith is the third receiver. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I, I don't I don't think in either case that it's it's both Eagles or both Cowboys or whatever. But it is close. And like it's exciting to kind of see like the Cowboys loading up and to take this seriously yeah. and, and exciting and to think about what the what these games are going to be like, presuming you know they do have full health because that's what we want to see more than anything. And
2: those specific matchups, yeah, going up against each other, like Darius Slay and Bradbury going up against CD. And Brandon Jones. Um, and
1: so I, I saw a tweet right now um in my, you know, work that I was doing, which you were chastising before. Uh so Ronald Jones went to USC. Uh this is a tweet from Jared Sandler from to the Fan, the home of the Cowboys does a lot of their Texas Rangers work. Uh, but he tweeted that when Ronald and he went to USC, he tweeted when Ronald Jones was in the middle of his first training camp at USC, he had admitted to early struggles due to being homesick and specifically mentioned that he missed Whataburger. My kind of guy, Ronald Jones. Um So, um, we obviously did a lot of research on Brandon cooks. And I do think that like, I'm pumped about the Stefan Gilmore thing. Don't get me wrong, but I'm kind of more pumped about the Brandon cooks thing. And some of that is like, he's a receiver. And so he like, he scores touchdowns, right? Like, that's just like, like, you know, if you're a football fan, you just kind of like naturally lean to that direction. I guess I think that Brandon is, is more underrated. I think Stefan Gilmore is very properly rated, right? He has like the proper sort of credentials across like NFL fans. So since 2020, which is his whole Houston tenure, obviously, um, he, there are 17 receivers in the NFL who had at least 2,800 yards and 15 touchdowns. He is one of them. And the other 16 are your who's who of players, right? Like your, you know, A.J. Brown's on that list. He's on that list. Justin Jefferson, Cooper, you know, like it's again, it's the best receivers in the NFL. Um, I also had another list I forgot off the top of my head. But like he has been very like very quietly. He has been one of the most productive receivers in the NFL in his Houston tenure specifically. And he had the one season with Deshaun Watson in 2020, Mm -hmm. but since then it has been not great as far as quarterback play. So
2: I think that's the case, like in his favor, you could be like, well, he hasn't had great quarterbacks to work with and he's been productive. Sure. Um, And although a little bit less so last year, but he, you know, some of those games he missed. Uh, But again, on the flip side, I don't know how much of this you caught when I, and you were working, which by the way, I mean, you're really just betraying the listeners, you know, that's fine. (laughs) But um, is that like, when you're, you know, there is such a thing as players who are productive on bad teams because there's just opportunity there to be had. Someone has to get the yards. Someone has to do it. I'm not saying that means he's a bad player now, but I'm saying like, I wonder how much of that production, especially lately, because, you know, he's an aging player. I know he has the track record of before uh, the success before going to Houston with the Rams for a little bit there. And then, you know, the, the one year of the Patriots, and he's very good for the Saints. I just wonder... um, you know that I guess that's the if you're going to look at the positives of Gilmore and Cooks, which I think to be fair, I have. You're if you're looking at the negatives, it's like you know, do these players hit a decline sooner than we expected? And probably not both of them, but the fact that you're betting on multiple players. And this, to be fair, this is the same kind of question I think I have about like Slay and Bradbury, who's going to be 30, is like how much when you're betting and all the, and bringing back Fletcher Cox. It's not that like probably all of them will decline.
1: But some of them might and sooner than the expected. And that's kind of just the question you have to wonder about. I think, I mean, cause that's a fair thing, right? Like it's fair to examine the potential like pitfalls or flaws or whatever, like, you know, from the results here. But like what, what I ultimately come back to is like, what, what, and I know you like obviously know this, but like, what was the alternative option? Like for, for the Cowboys at corner, it was, you had Trayvon Diggs. Cool. Like you were set there. They have Duron Bland coming off his rookie season and he was awesome but he was awesome in the slot. So do you want to kick him outside? Do you want to try that out? You have Jordan Lewis coming back off of injury. Like you need him to play nickel as well. Are you going to bring Anthony Brown back? Are you going to bet on that? You know, I had wanted them to sign Patrick Peterson. I mean, you know, they didn't go. I would much obviously rather have Stefan Gilmore. I mean, I do think Peterson was a little bit underrated last year in Minnesota. I know that the whole defense was bad, but um, I mean, and then at receiver, OK, like we, we know, like, OK, you have C D Lamb, like you need something else. Like Michael Gallup wasn't it last year. They're banking on him returning to some form. But so now, like now they're not as dependent on that. And that, that's what what they've been. They've depended on the exception. You know, what I'm saying like it's to your point. It's one thing to say, like, if these exceptions go right, then like we go from being a really good team to like an elite team. Right. But if you're like, man, we are like last year and I killed them for this. You know, it's like they were depending on Tyron Smith playing every game at left tackle and that blew up in their face. And to their credit, they survived it. But they were depending on somebody stepping up opposite of C.D. Lamb. That never happened. You know what I'm saying? It it never happened. And it was so bad that we freaked out when they signed T.Y. Hilton. You know what I mean? Like in December. And so they're raised. They're giving themselves more room for error at these critical positions. They do. They are acting at the very least like a front office that has learned a very painful lesson. And for that, I'm grateful.
2: I think it's fair to say the Gilmore thing. They probably couldn't have done better relative to alternatives. I do think it's a little fair to wonder about Cooks versus again, like someone like DeAndre Hopkins or.
1: Well what's that to, that all is contextual? Like what does Great. it take to land DeAndre? I don't know. And ultimately? we'll see. You know but I mean? that
2: just because it costs more doesn't necessarily mean that like it was a bad or like, oh well, we got cooks for cheaper, so that's better. Like I mean, at some point I think it's fair to wonder if being so cost effective, if you want to call it that, at every position is the right move. And going back to again what I said about Jerry Jones, what he had to say, I think there is a time where it is time to push the chips in and get a little aggressive, not necessarily with every single move, but I think it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's finding the right balance of that. And I wonder, I'm not saying they are definitely doing it, but I wonder if the Cowboys are playing it a little too conservative in that regard, and they should be a little bit more aggressive. And look again, off is not over. Maybe they still do have a big move out there, but that really hasn't been their MO recently. And they can have success without that. They've had some success without that, but it's hard for me to look at what the Eagles did last year with some of those big swings And say, like, oh, it's definitely, you just have to play it safe.
1: Well. Two things, and then we can move on to the Giants. Well, we'll take a break first, actually. Um, one, the biggest swing in my mind that the Eagles made was AJ Brown, right? And that didn't happen until the night of the of the draft, the first night. And so, like, you know, it's a long, like to to date, they are it is an A plus, maybe not A plus, but it is an A off season to date. We're still very, very, very early, obviously, in the process. And you know, are they going to extend Dak Prescott? Like, all those things have to happen. But so, like, you know, to to the point that they're at now, you know, and and they're. You know, I thought it was strange. Like, why did they restructure Brandon Cooks's deal? They could have, for what it's worth, they could have gotten out of it before the restructure. They, they could have gotten out after the 23 season. Why? Like, that isn't just about wanting to ensure that Brandon Cooks is on the team in 2024. Like, what are they creating salary cap space for? And that's not like, ooh, the big thing's coming. But yeah, like, teams, they're, they're, they're a teams lot, don't yeah, restructure they're all, guys. To
2: like do for something, nothing. well, they also don't do it like necessarily immediately. It's for sort of the flexibility that they can do that thing if it's a timer. It's not like, hey, we know this thing's coming right, right down the pipeline next, so we're gonna do. It doesn't usually work like that. So like it's funny when you see restruct contracts get restructured because everyone's like, oh, that means something's coming immediately. It doesn't. It just means that they want to allow for the possibility that something could happen.
1: Again, I agree with you entirely. My point is like they are like what is encouraging is they're allowing themselves the flexibility if something does pop up to where they don't have to, you know, scramble yes. and find the right. necessary cap space. Um so that's one thing. My second thing uh, and then we can move on is I understand why this happened and I'm guilty of doing this in different ways. But when McCarthy said his like we want to run the ball thing at the combine, the world like thought it was the dumbest thing that any human being had ever said and it was so stupid to freak out about that because where where Mike McCarthy is truly Elite and hang on before you roll your eyes, is he understands? how to get what he wants in his job. He understands who he works for, and he understands that the Joneses built their NFL kingdom on the shoulders of a great running game and they want to be known as a team who runs the football. And Mike McCarthy is humble enough to go out in front of whatever microphones or cameras he has to and ha- and will say, "Yeah, we want to run the football." But what has happened? What does the evidence show us since he made that comment? They released Zeke, the like franchise running back, you know, the bruiser, bell cow, whatever and they traded for Brandon Cooks. And I'm not suggesting or or speculating that they're going to throw the ball 50 times a game, but it just goes to show you how, like, you can't, and, like, this is a a dramatic example, but you don't have to believe everything that everyone says this time of year. Like, I I don't for a second believe the Eagles are in on Bijan Robinson, but, like, they know how to play the public game i mean the evidence will be in the season the evidence is not now because i
2: yes you added those pieces but that's not literally mike mccarthy is the gm yes he's involved in the process but just because you get the ingredients doesn't mean you're always going to use them a certain way so i think i'm just saying it, it was say it, dumb
1: to act like he was an idiot for saying he wanted to run I, the I, ball like he clearly it was it I, was silly to overreact i don't think
2: it's an overreaction i think if we go through the season and they're not running as much, then sure, then you can say that. I think it's a little premature to say that it's definitely not going to be the case. We'll see.
1: Um, the Cowboys now have a player who beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl and Ronald Jones. So, wow. wow. <laughs> Let's uh, take a break and then we'll be right back.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. And get your child's assessment for only twenty nine dollars. That's s y l v a n twenty nine com. Wow! During Andy, the, break,
2: the break, RJ break. Said, during the
1: break, you um, during the break you went and put something on the grill yourself. Uh, I don't have a grill, but what did, um, during the break, what did you put on the grill. You were telling me that you were listening to your
2: favorite. High school emo song. I know you're like a Dashboard Confessional guy. So like, what what Ooh. were you listening to? What song was it? Was it one? Was it something from them? Was it Hands Down by Dashboard Confessional? I was going to um, ask you your favorite Dashboard song, but then I knew you're going to give me like Vindicated, which should be the right answer, or Hands Down. But Vindicated is the answer
1: because it was on the Spider Man Two soundtrack. Some really good um, song. If, if it hadn't been associated with Spider Man, oh, dude, that soundtrack. Is that, that soundtrack rocks? Does that also have um, um
2: the Chad Kroger uh hero song? Nickelback? No, it's, it's Nic- specifically a, a Chad Kroger, Kroger song, if you look at the listing.
1: I'm I'm very certain that the uh credit for that is Nickelback. Uh it's Chad Kroger. Kroger
2: featuring Josie Scott from Saliva, I believe. So um hmm. so I'm I'm looking Wikipedia, at the soundtrack hero parentheses, Chad
1: Kroger song. Hmm, interesting. Is it is hang on, I'm looking at it. Is that is is that I think that's on the Spider-Man one soundtrack. Like I'm not disputing that you're right, but yeah, I don't um, I
2: don't know I didn't know for I, sure what I didn't say I knew what soundtrack it was on. I just knew it was attached to Spider-Man from that um trilogy. And I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Yeah. From Wikipedia, Hero is a song yeah. by Canadian musician Tad Kroger, lead
1: vocalist of Nickelback, and American musician Josie Scott. Okay. I was wrong there. Yeah. I was wrong there. Really but, embarrassing um, for you. So I was thinking I was speaking specifically of the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. So the Spider-Man 2 Wikipedia page is very interesting. The soundtrack uh, Wikipedia page. Uh, The number one song on this um, soundtrack was Vindicated by Dashboard Confessional. Number two, you were right, dude. This album slaps Ordinary by Train. Hmm. What a great song um number three a great song by hoobastank called did you this is just like all classic stuff um there was a song on this album called gifts and curses by yellow card everybody thinks of ocean avenue and and that whole album when it comes to yellow card if you have not heard the song gifts and curses by yellow card it's a great treadmill song mm. like that's that's all i'll say um i could go the reason um by hoobastank like that's kind of a wow, popular that's thing. a classic um I mean, but so lame and chalk. Um, Oh, what's your favorite dashboard? How about some my chemical? Oh, I was going to ask you MCR. I mean, that was another one I was going to ask you. Okay, I I was. I mean, like I would say vindicated for dashboard. I mean, yeah, for dashboard, but hands down the like, you know, like it's it's a little bit of a different vibe. Um, As far as MCR, um, I can only think of two. Um, I can think of Helena. Right. I mean, that's like that's a basic um, answer. So. Well, I know, but with, and I I vividly remember the music video for that song. Um, yeah. and um, thank you for the. Venom. I was gonna say this thank you the for the venom is a good that, answer. <laughs> that's a great song. Uh, so um, not quite. You know, I, I'm just instead of like, I know it's not emo, but I'll say I do anything by Simple Plan. Like, I'm just throwing it back to some like alternative rock I'll throw it in times. There. That's yeah. A, yeah, it's a it's a, a, an era just a hair earlier, but the, the, you know Simple Plan, Good Charlotte. Um by the way, I saw on the Spider-Man two Wikipedia page or soundtrack Wikipedia page um one of the songs that was inspired by the Spider-Man two soundtrack, Meant to Live by Switchfoot. Wow, Switchfoot, that's like big, it's like sixth grade for me or so. Switchfoot also had uh so they had meant to live, don't know. <laughs> that was such a ish, great song. I'm saying um somewhere around. But there. they they also had the song Um I Dare You to Move. That's a great song. That's from their song. first album or one of them. Yeah wow good for us look at us just strolling down memory all lane. the
2: people wow. like from gen z listening to this being like what is this i, I listen to music uh, on TikTok. I don't, see, I, I don't see these i was literally gonna say i don't see these music as a sound effect i don't I was, think people be under a certain age listen to music i feel like the zoomers and this is my here this is my i'm getting my old man millennial take out here Zoomers don't listen to music, they just listen to like sounds. These are just like these are various sounds,
1: not actual songs. Um I I agree. They like they listen to like audio versions of memes. I mean, is maybe the way I would put it. Um, by the way, the song The Sound by the 1975 is a great song. Mm. Um, obviously, much more newer school. Um All right, the New York but, Giants. The New York but, football giants. No, I had a boomer thing to Sarah. A zoom are we Zoomers? Is that no. are? Is that how How dare you? That's Jimmy. I was Z. just gonna say I remember. What a, I remember what I was going to say um, Gen Z won't understand this and I don't mean to sound super old but there was like a certain a certain joy to when you would stay up late waiting for a certain music video to come on hmm. and it would come on like it, there was there was such like a satisfaction there was such a payoff to like I waited I was patient and I wanted this song to come on it came on and now I'm enjoying did it. you ever watch so. like MTV or something to that effect uh, I guess it would be MTV like before or VH1
2: maybe like before school I feel like I'd wake up sometimes in the morning and that would be like what was on TV and I'd like end up watching some of those videos like before like you know like while I was eating my toast like whatever having breakfast before school
1: um I don't mean to be this guy but I only watched like NFL network before wow, school wow what a um what which a, reminds me you like I football? interviewed Dak last sports? Year? I I interviewed Dak Prescott last year. Uh people can go back and listen to it at Blog in the Voice no, and I asked him what his favorite TV show was. Oh yeah. And do you know what he said? <laughs> I Remember his <laughs> favorite color answer, which is gray. That was not that was when he uh when pardon my take interviewed him. Oh, well, his favorite TV show. Same
2: was. kind of energy, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it was Sports Center. Uh he's it's not a real answer. It it's not Center. like yeah. it's not
1: a real it's not a real thing. It's not a real answer. Okay. Uh
2: um, New York Times. We have
1: to kind of we have to get out of here kind of quickly. Mm. Thankfully, there wasn't a lot of commander's news, except for, uh, well, we'll get there. Um, the main Giants thing was the trading for Darren Waller, yeah. which happened right after we recorded last week. Um, so they sent pick 101. Is that correct? Or is like pick 100? It was like, yeah, 100, 100. It was like right they there. Got for um, Darius Tony. I, I made this point. I can't believe more people didn't pounce on it. The Chiefs sent the pick that they obviously acquired Kadarius Tony with, who helped them win the Super Bowl. And that same pick also got Darren Waller out of the division. Like, what a boomerang. You know what I mean? For the Chiefs. Um, the but anyway. Um, I mean, like, dude, the Giants are killing it. Oh, they also signed Paris Campbell. Interesting. Like, you think like, so. That's your takeaway from the Waller trade. I mean, like, it's such a low cost. Um, mm. you know, and like but you're paying I, like, them like, though, too.
2: That's the thing. I know they can get out of it, but I know. like But Wally's is, on the is team. he not
1: immediately is he not immediately the the best non Saquon skill position player that Daniel Jones has worked it's with? It's just tough though, man. Like, look at his last two years. He's been hurt a lot. Hasn't like been if, as okay, so like what are what are the alternative options, right? Like and, and like let's live in that world. Like, what were they gonna do? Like, I guess trade for Brandon Cooks? I mean, maybe it's I mean? T. Like,
2: Higgins. Oh. I don't know if the Bengals want to give up on him, but I feel like I I was I'm consistent in saying this. This isn't just hindsight. I do give the Giants credit. I did say on the podcast that we recorded at like an hour or not even before they traded for Waller, they needed to find that alpha target for uh Daniel Jones. So I give them credit for doing that, but like, like how long is even Darren Waller gonna be this piece for them. Again, like you got AJ Brown for Jalen Hurts. And I know AJ Brown, like that kind of player in that mold at his age, isn't available every offseason. But I think you needed something closer to that. And I think this is a little straying from that. I mean, the the reality is Darren Waller had two amazing seasons. They were in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. And that's out of a what, a seven year career? Like So that's tough for me. That's tough for me to say that he's definitely going to be, I think he's going to be good, a good player. But when it comes to opportunity cost and it comes to like the window for this team, I just, I don't know that, I don't think it's an A
1: plus kind of move at all. I think it's maybe like a, a B minus kind of move. I mean, I'm not saying it's an A, plus, but, and I'm fine calling it a B minus, but like they're at the place where like B minus is great for them. Like I said this on Monday Football Monday with uh, with Michael Peterson from Bolton and the Blue. I don't know if you listened to it yet, but like, you know, so, so like, and then, my, then you know my point, like the Giants Vikings playoff game was like the battle of the frauds, right? And, and they like, they kind of like, established different paths for one another. Like, I feel like the Vikings are just, like, shrinking into themselves. Like, I don't believe they're frauds, but, like, they're, I'm, I'm having a, a more and more difficult time, like, proving that. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're shrinking into their frauddom, whereas the Giants are, like, this phoenix emerging from the fraud flame. They're like, we're not frauds. Like, we're here. We're gonna, like, be serious. We're going to like try. And so like, is this like, Oh my gosh, like the greatest move of all time. I don't think so. But like, this is definitely a step in the positive direction for them. So like in that sense, it's like, do that. Like if we do the, I know we laughed about it, but like the vertical, you know, sort of shot of the giant skill players, like, that it's those are two games that are are much more difficult for our teams than they were in the past and like that in and of itself they're they're acting like a team that was close i guess and and that i i consider that a win
2: he has missed 14 games in the past two seasons so that you know it's like it's a valid concern he turns 31 in december you know it's just to what we said about age earlier you know it's just that's something to kind of wonder about um he is their best tight end since who what would you Jeremy that's what, I, that's what i wrote in my article i was like "Who was the last um, good giants tight end i guess like i was like kevin boss was kind of okay right but i looked up the numbers and they weren't really anything too great so and even shockey wasn't that great although it's a little tougher to judge because the era he played in was kind of like before today's tight ends what today's tight ends like in the nfl are um i think era adjusted he's probably a little bit number better than the numbers looked uh mm-hmm. although it wasn't a big jeremy shockey guy definitely not a he was, he was a good player to root against in the NFC East. Like him, Marion Barber, like classic like NFC East villains on other teams. Um, but yeah, I don't love this for them. I I I don't think it's a failure, but I also don't think it's like a I don't think they hit a home run with this one. I guess it would be a maybe a double. Uh
1: but still like a double is a big deal for them when they've been striking out every time they've gone to but the it's play. A, it's that's a, again it's a two-out what... double though. Um I don't know that I think that's entirely fair, but my, by the way, my cousin uh, was obsessed with Jeremy Shockey, but his, my cousin's name is Jeremy. So that was a big reason why. Um, I mean, it, again, I'm let's see, let's see it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm intrigued, you know, like th- this, this, this is the most interesting off season the giants have had since when, you know, like, like you're, you're the most interested to watch the giants offense since when.
2: Yeah. A, a while, a long time. I just don't right. think on <laughs> the so, build around, I guess is the thing. That's what it comes down to.
1: Well, they don't have to build around him. Kind of have like to. to add him. They just gave to their add him to this quarterback is a big in, contract is interesting. Um, we have to get out of here because this one really. And then really, Hog really,
2: really, really Sabin, what's going on in the Commanders' world? Well, they did sign the quarterback. We thought, <laughs> I guess they're like, we're like, well, what's left for them? Jacoby set. and sure enough, he was, he was left for them. I think this is a big upgrade in sense of vibes. This could not have been a bigger vibes upgrade, realistically, for what the Commanders could have acquired. He was coming off Carson Wentz, the vibes are horrible. And I think we can all say that. And everyone, by all accounts, like loves Jacoby Brissett. They, like, they, they think he's a great teammate. Um, and I know coaches love him. So I think from a culture vibes perspective, that's awesome. But like I feel like we've seen enough of Jacoby of a sample size that you know, he's not moving the needle for you. Like I, He'll be decent. He'll be fine. And I guess that kind of speaks to the realistic uh, era that the – Commanders are in right now, which is kind of a holding pattern because they kind of have a lame duck head coach, given the status of their impending sale here. Um, by the way, Josh Harris was joined by Magic Johnson in uh apparently reportedly in terms of bidding for the commanders. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I um, I, I don't think it really moves the needle. I think it like for the scope of 2023. The commanders made a reasonable move, but from the bigger picture, what does this really like do? Jacoby's not going to be a long-term guy. Like what is What does this really accomplish?
1: Nothing. And and that's, that's where they're at. Like Michael Peterson on Monday, football Monday had them as a loser. I I didn't like, as far as like teams, like I, I, they're like insignificant to me. Like, I don't, I don't feel like they've done anything to like lose, but like this was, I, I made this point They're They share a division with, three of the four teams from the divisional round on the NFC side of things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they have shown like zero urgency to close that gap, especially in in an off season where it might be Ron Rivera's last as the head of that team. So, I mean, they're, they're truly like in the insignificant part of the NFL right now. Like I I'm interested in the giants. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dial it all the way up to feeling like threatened, you know what I mean? But like, I am definitely interested, intrigued, maybe mildly worried. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the commanders just exist. Like it is just what it is. Um, I wanted to bring up this last thing and then we can get out of here. Um, you mentioned the ownership. Uh, I think it was JP who wrote about this at ESPN. Did you see what Dan Snyder did uh, with the new contracts? Yeah, just from the headline. I didn't read the whole article. So uh, my own advice allegedly, allegedly, they set up the new free agent contracts to have like the first payment kick in like in May, um, which is when is like after when he's expected to have sold the team. So he's like putting the onus to pay these new players on the new owner. Which is amazing. Multi-billionaire I mean, quibbling over these it's little, consistent. Little at land. least it is consistent behavior. Right. Can't say it's a shocker. Um. Wow. This was a, a a episode under construction. Um. Because of everything that happened. So, good job, Brandon. You win today's MVP. Well, good for you. I I'm deserve you. it. Uh. Anything else? We can get out of here. Then let's get out of here. As we leave, I would like you to tell us your favorite. There's no way people are still listening to this because it's being forever. No, so they just turn fa- it off. You're, you're, no, your fav- no, I'm building it up. Your favorite. Because
2: um... they know you don't know what you're doing. Okay. So they're like, why am I wasting my okay, time actually, on this?
1: Do you, put, do you put ketchup or mustard on the hot dog first? Neither.
2: I would and neither why? put neither of those on my hot dog. I oh. would put the the correct topping for a hot dog is either a chicago dog like they do it with the pickle and tomato and onion and all that stuff on it sport pepper uh celery salt all that or because that's like a substantial thing at that point or if i'm just gonna put like one thing on it i'm limited to one kind of addition i would put a slice of cheese